Remember, people of hope. Remember that you too were slaves. You were slaves to sin. And I do say that in the past tense. You were slaves to sin. You are no longer slaves to sin. Remember how God reached out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and sent his son Jesus into the world to break the chains of our slavery to take the weights off of our shoulders. Remember that Jesus didn't just help you to carry your burdens. He took them off of you completely. He bore them on himself and he bore them to the cross where he died and took them away from you forever. Remember then how God reached out again with that lovingly powerful arm and he raised his son from the dead and proved that there is nothing, not sin, not death, not the devil, not anything in this world, nothing has power over you. The sermon that you're about to hear is from Pastor Paul Borman at Hope Lutheran Church located in Tigard, Oregon. For more information and for more content, go to hopeintigard.com. Well, good morning to you all. I hope you all had a wonderful Memorial Day. Summer is finally here, at least it feels like it, earlier in the week. The sun is finally out more often than it's behind the clouds. It's rising earlier in the morning and setting later at night. It's finally that time of the year. That time of the year where we get to catch up with our friends, catch up on sleep maybe, catch up with all the things that we missed over the winter. It's a time for rest and a little bit of relaxation. Now I've been thinking about rest a lot this week as I've been preparing for this message. Been thinking about rest and the ways that we rested during this past year. Physically, at least, this was the most restful year probably of any of our lives. You know, for a good chunk of the year, we were banned from leaving our homes. We were called on to do our part. And doing our part meant not leaving our couches. (laughs) We took lots of walks. We found ways of exercising inside our homes, but mostly... We rested. And yet, even though we spent a lot of this year resting more than we've ever rested before, I think you'll all be able to agree with the statement that this year was far from restful. I think you know where this paragraph's going. At the beginning of the pandemic, all there was was uncertainty. We didn't know what was the cause of COVID. We didn't know how it was spread. We didn't know how to slow it down or how to stop it. We didn't have any idea about vaccines at that point. I mean, we all have our stories about what we were doing a year ago now. We were wearing gloves and no masks, right? We were Purelling all of our groceries. We didn't know what to do. And then you think about the events that happened about a year ago now, the events surrounding the killing of George Floyd. 
Here in Portland, we had unrest that that continued on into September until the next big thing hit us, until we had those wildfires. Wildfires that snuck literally into some of our backyards and had caused us to be evacuated from our homes. And then we had the political divides. And then we had Thanksgiving and Christmas spent in lockdown. And then we went through the rest of a Portland winter, which is already hard enough as it is. And only now are we experiencing some kind of hope for normalcy. I mean, can you even track back all of those emotions, all all of those things that we experienced in the last year? You start with uncertainty. You move to worry. You move to fear, you move to anxiety, then you get a little bit of frustration thrown in there. Sprinkle in some hope, then you're back to worry. You're into anxiety again, you're into fear again, then you got some guilt. Then some more frustration, then some tiredness, some weariness, some guilt, anxiety again. And through all of it, There was not really anywhere that we could go. There was no rest to be found from all the rest that we were taking. There was no way to escape any of it. So I've got a question for you to mull on this morning as we begin this message. How do you find rest in a trapped situation. I'm not going to bury the lead on this one. I'll give you the answer right away. There is rest in the Bible. True rest, spiritual rest, even healing for our troubled hearts. It comes in the form of a command. God knows his people. He knows the things that we struggle with and he knows our tendency. And so he gives us a command to rest this morning, a command to remember. We'll dig into this together this morning. Listen to these words from Moses' sermon to his people in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Moses spoke to the people. He said, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your town, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember, that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. This is God's word. As the Israelites stood hearing these words, They were tired, physically tired, spiritually tired, emotionally tired, mentally tired, all of it. 
For 40 years, they had been wandering in the desert. And when I say wandering, I mean wandering. They had sinned against God 40 years ago. They had doubted him as they looked into the promised land. We're going to get to there in a second. But they had been barred from progressing on their journey into the promised land itself. They were, they were forced to kill time for 40 years. They wandered back and forth seemingly without purpose, knowing that their destination was the promised land itself, a place of ultimate rest and prosperity, but not being able to get there. They could see it with their minds. They could imagine what that milk and honey tasted like, but they couldn't live it. For 40 years, instead of living in the promised land, the Israelites dealt with blisters on their feet because of the hot desert sand. And instead of eating the milk and honey that they knew was ahead of them, they ate manna and quail. Now, do you remember why it was that the Israelites had to wander in the desert for those 40 years. It was because 40 years earlier they had stood on the edge of the promised land and they had doubted God. They had sent spies to check out the land ahead, the land that God had already told them was flowing with milk and honey, the land that God had already promised to give to them. They sent out spies to see what it was like. And the spies returned. And instead of bearing all the news of the bounty and plentiful nature of the land they saw, they brought back news of fear. That there are people there who are going to tear us apart. There are enemies there. There's hardship there. The Israelites began to be afraid and frustrated with God. They did not see any way that they'd be able to win against these strong people. And so they started speaking up. They started blaming God. And this is what they said. I'm going to take this straight out of of the book of Numbers. They said, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. How quickly they forgot. I'm talking about the Israelites here. They had utterly forgotten what Egypt was like for them. They had forgotten that that in Egypt, this place that they're now longing to go back to, they had been slaves. They had been given gargantuan tasks there with little opportunity to actually complete them. They had been whipped. They had been abused. They had been mistreated. And worst of all, they they had had their children taken away from them. Just after they were born, and they watched their children be thrown into the river to drown. And now they stand at the edge of the promised land, flowing with milk and honey, and they sat and they wept to themselves and discussed choosing a leader who would bring them back to Egypt, the apparently better alternative. 
The Israelites had forgotten where they had been. But even for worse than forgetting what Egypt was like, Israel had forgotten God and what he was like. They had forgotten the ten plagues that God had rained down on Egypt in power so that Pharaoh would let them go out of slavery. They had forgotten the night of the Passover where only the blood of the Passover lamb could save lives. They had forgotten how on their way out of Egypt, God had created a dry path in the middle of the Red Sea so that the Israelites could go through unharmed. They had forgotten how when Pharaoh tried to pursue them through the sea, God caused those walls of water to crash down on them and destroy Pharaoh forever. Should I keep going? I can. They had forgotten how God had provided for their every need in the desert. They'd forgotten what it was like at Mount Sinai as they watched an entire mountain shake in God's power and awesomeness as he gave them the Ten Commandments. They'd forgotten God. They'd forgotten everything that he was capable of. They had forgotten how to trust him. It's easy to pin the Israelites against a wall here. It really is. This is low-hanging fruit, especially for a young preacher. It's easy to point out what the Israelites did here and say that was wrong. They forgot God. They were not trusting God, and that's wrong. That's easy to do. What's harder to do is to pin ourselves against the wall with this. But we are guilty of it. We are guilty of forgetting God, and we are guilty of forgetting God just as egregiously and just as often as the Israelites forgot God. And we need to be rid of this. We need to be aware of it so that we confess it and be forgiven of it today. I want you to empathize with the Israelites. You look back on your life and maybe you see some really hard things that you came out of, like the Israelites coming out of Egypt. You look past into this past year and like the Israelites, you see a hard season that you just came through. And you stand in the present and you're tired You're tired because you came through a lot just to get to this point. And now you look into the future, you see what was supposed to be the promised land, and you see it's full of enemies, and you're not sure that you can take it on. You're not sure that you have the energy. As Christians, 
living in a hard place to be Christian. Can you feel that? Can you feel what that feels like? To be spiritually running on empty. I know you can because I can feel it too. It's spiritual exhaustion. The kind of exhaustion where just one more enemy, just one more hardship might break us and might cause our faith to disappear. The kind of exhaustion where we start getting angry at God because the promised land isn't as good as we thought it would be. The kind of exhaustion that leads us to get so desperate for any kind of conceivable rest that we'll even settle for going back to Egypt. Do you know why I think it is? That so many people are feeling spiritually exhausted right now? It's not because of the pandemic. It's not because of the wildfires. It's not because of the social unrest or the political divides. It's not because of any of that. It's because we've forgotten Egypt. We've forgotten that we, too, were slaves. We've forgotten the whip that drove us, too. We've forgotten sin. You know, we're studying the third commandment today. The third commandment is one of ten commandments that God put together to keep us close to him. The Bible tells us that all we have to do to be saved is keep these ten commandments perfectly. It's simple, right? The Bible tells us also that whoever breaks one of the commandments at one point is guilty of breaking all of them and that the result of breaking one of these commandments is eternal death. That was our slavery. That was our Egypt. That is what we need saving from. And I think we sometimes forget that. And here's the most dangerous part. Do you know what happens when we forget the slavery that we need to be saved from? We forget that we've already been delivered. We forget Jesus and what he's done for us. Moses stood in front of the Israelites one final time. They had been wandering in the desert for 40 years. They were tired. But they were about to go into the promised land. Moses had one more sermon for them. He wasn't going with them, and so he encouraged them. Remember, he says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt And that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Remember, people of hope. Remember that you too were slaves. You were slaves to sin. And I do say that in the past tense. You were slaves to sin. You are no longer slaves to sin. 
Remember how God reached out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and sent his son Jesus into the world to break the chains of our slavery, to take the weights off of our shoulders. Remember that Jesus didn't just help you to carry your burdens. He took them off of you completely. He bore them on himself and he bore them to the cross where he died and took them away from you forever. Remember then how God reached out again with that lovingly powerful arm and he raised his son from the dead and proved that there is nothing Not sin, not death, not the devil, not anything in this world. Nothing has power over you. If you are someone today that struggles to find any kind of real rest in this world, then this, these words are for you. And if you're someone that has a struggle that you have no idea how you could ever escape from, then this, these words are for you. Remember that Jesus has already delivered you from the greatest enemy that you will ever face. Remember that the perfect rest has been won for you in heaven already. A rest where you will be free from every burden that you carry. And now here's the easiest application that a pastor has ever had to make. How do you stay in that rest? How can you be sure that when the enemies of your life pop up and you want to turn back, that you will remember that you have been washed clean by Jesus? How are you going to remember to rest? Remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Come to church every Sunday. Remember Jesus every Sunday and rest deeply in his promises and get into your Bible. Set aside time for yourself where you are filling yourself up with God's word and resting in the true freedom from sin that he won for you. Get in your Bible and if you'd like help with that, come to me. I will help you with that. God knows us. He knows our tendencies to be busy and distracted. That's why he made this a commandment. He wants us to stay close to him. Not for his good, but for our good. So remember to rest. Remember the Sabbath day. Set aside that time. Remember to rest in Jesus. And here's the secret about what'll happen when you take that time to rest in Jesus. When you rest in Jesus, you will find that you are always at rest. You'll find that life's troubles are not all that troublesome at all. You'll find that the walk among those enemies on the way to the promised land is nothing more than a walk with God to heaven. Remember the Sabbath day. Remember to rest in Jesus.